that, that's the other thing. It's like you want to be on the main branch because life unfolds in such incredible, magical ways. The people who enter your life, it's just, you know, that's where you start meeting soulmates. Like you're not going to meet a soulmate way off your life purpose. Like, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't like, I would, I would meet my soulmate when I'm like on my game and I'm like mm-hmm. moving up with everything that I want to do because I would want to meet them on that same level. Like I'm, you know, I want to meet them also where they're just like at this really you know, exquisite um, point in this, this nice big main purpose branch. the magic of the spheres podcast this is sabrina monarch and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution i'm an evolutionary astrologer a clairvoyant and a thought leader and i started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development On this episode, we discussed a spontaneous spiritual awakening, living with intuition, and the connection between algorithms, like technology algorithms, and magic. Michael Armstrong is a spiritual influencer, an entrepreneur, and a coach for conscious creators. He's the host of the Deep Shift podcast, a show about the awakening of humanity's infinite potential. So in thinking about the themes of today's episode and reflecting, I was thinking about enchantment. I'm currently studying magic-led business with Perry Chase, and she asked the question of people who come to work with her, what are you in service to? I've been reflecting on that. My immediate knowing was enchantment. Enchantment, magic, I've been caring about this for as long as I can remember. And even sometimes my Facebook memories come up from like 10 years ago and I'm having some epiphany about magic and trying to express through a Facebook status that magic is real. And I've always had this kind of desire not only to live magically, but to invite other people into it. So in thinking about enchantment as what I'm in service to and what that means... I've been thinking of what is enchantment, and I've been thinking of how I can renew this devotion. I think that living with enchantment is something that can be cultivated, and I like to speak with people like Michael who express how they live magically. When someone has a magical perception in their day-to-day life, like I really value that. I find that living in the magical realm takes remembrance. You know, we can forget magic. And the more that I reflected on this enchantment question, the more I started to reflect on how all of life is made of spells. You know, I believe that words are spells. We talked about that in this episode too. So the words that we speak day in and day out create our reality The words that are spoken by culture create cultural context. Normative cultural conditioning is an enchantment, just a more popular and standardized one and powerful, right? Because it's, it's mass 
enchantment. And it's not unreal, just like magic isn't unreal. So we discover how to kind of interact with this web of spells, all different kinds of spells, the cultural conditioning, our own conditioning, our ancestral patterns, and our intentions, our desires, our life force that moves through us, the things that, you know, spark us and we find really magical, whatever catches our attention in a kind of glimmering mystical way like magic is everywhere and there's so many different types of it the world as we know it is responsive to our intentions and it's responsive to how we participate and there are also ways that the frequencies that we run so the energies that we are in contact with that we circulate through our system emotionally and with our thoughts and with our actions these frequencies that we run can attract similar influences and i think that maybe you've had a direct experience of this in terms of perhaps with dating and with romance that you've played with different energies that you run that influence who you end up meeting or maybe at a festival or a group event of some kind you were in this fun state of mind you were playing and you had all these magical experiences and of course the environment of a festival truly does support that kind of play and when we're moving through the conditioning and the matrix of the world, maybe it takes a little bit more commitment to stay in touch with the magic. But it's interesting to reflect on how these algorithms on social media put us in contact with information that it thinks that we'll like, that it thinks that based on our behavior, we will connect with, and that this pattern of algorithmic connection is also mirrored in how reality works to a degree of the energies that we're in interaction with build a kind of attractive magnetic field. So knowing this, regular experimentation with play and creating a more magical world in your own being may result in new experiences popping up in your field. And not even you don't even have to do it with that agenda that you know something cool is going to happen. Just what does it feel like to enchant your own universe and to enjoy your own corner of the universe? Like what would that feel like to just have a more fun and magical day and see what happens. And there is a way, you know, we we can create this from within. It's a cultivation. There are magical external circumstances that we may desire, thinking that they will grant us an entrance into that internal state. But you can also go straight to the state and attract on the external Michael also reminded me in this episode of how the external world can be like dream symbolism. We can pause to interpret that. Why are these patterns showing up? Why this block? Or why these challenges? What's the what's my role in this? Or what's this open road before me? I hope this episode sparks some reflection for you about enchantment in your experience and perhaps even enchantment with the algorithms. As someone who's worked with tech, Michael, and for me, as someone who connects with people every day, pretty much with technology, being a content creator. So even if I'm not actively 
on the internet. My creations are on the internet when I'm not. So I, you know, value the way that the algorithms puts me in touch with people. So he and I both happen to have some warmer, definitely warmer perspectives on algorithms than many. Perhaps you found this podcast through an algorithm, you know, and I'm grateful that you're here and we're human and we're humans interfacing through this technological platform. And I think remembering the playfulness of it and the humanity of it can create more joy in our experience of technology. I'm going to leave that here. I hope that you enjoy our conversation. Welcome, Michael. Um, It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. It's so great to be here. So we met through Daniela um, Gill, who I just recently had on the podcast Um, And I saw you two giving an Instagram live and really enjoyed it. And I'm really glad that we get to connect. Yes. Daniela Gill is a magical being on this planet. And uh, I'm I'm happy that that she connected us. Me too. So I wanted to ask you to start out with about your awakening experience and how this ties into what you do now with Deep Shift and what is the Deep Shift? Yeah. So I had an awakening experience about 10 years ago and it, it completely blew my mind and transformed what I thought reality was. And, uh, so I was in a kitchen with a friend and we were having a conversation about artificial intelligence and the conversation started to get pretty deep in terms of, okay, if you have a robot and the robot is turned off, you remove its energy source. It essentially dies. Like it it is no longer and humans are biological robots, right? They're, you know, it's essentially a biological machine with this artificial intelligent kind of artificial intelligent consciousness that's in it. If you remove its life force, it turns off. So what's the difference between a robot and a human? And in that moment, and I think this is very important to the awakening experience. Uh, I had this fear of death, like kind of like for the first time, like, oh, if a human dies, is that is that it? Is that all that happens? Like you just die and like, you know, like a lot of atheists will say it's just over, done, nothing, blank, black, nada. And I grew up Christian. So my thought of after death was some sort of heaven sort of thing. And so I was chatting with this guy who at the time, an atheist and, uh, you know, his view is like, there's nothing after death. That's it. And I had this this feeling, this like kind of fear brewing in my chest. And, you know, we, our conversation was getting deeper and deeper and we started to go into the the cellular structure, the atomic structure of the human body and like what's happening in the universe within each of our cells. And uh, at some point, as we're going into the depth of this, there was this tunnel that appears. Uh, it came from the right side and it zoomed right in front of me. And right when it landed in front of me, it was like this tunnel of light. And I zoomed through it and, um, like, can I pause this, you on please? this part? Like, was it normal at this point in your life to see things like a tunnel portal appear in front of you? It was the most unnormal thing that could okay. possibly happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At this point I had not really had any sort of transcendental or unique awakening experiences. I had had nothing like that. It was just normal life, me playing Nintendo, 
And you know, like, were you like on any substance or no? Yeah, no sober, just yeah. Chilling. The the substance I was on, I believe was conversation, Mm. which I think that there's, there's something very magical about conversation. And I agree. (laughs) We're both podcasters. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) Words are magic. People can listen to words, which words are just a series of different vibrations. And based on the different vibrations that enter people's ears, it can create an awakening experience, you know, or it can create anger or love or fear or, you know, happiness. Like it's, it, it is a magic spell that comes out of our mouths. So I agree with that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things that's like magic hidden in plain sight. Definitely. So, so we're in the kitchen and this tunnel appears and I, I just zoom through my consciousness zooms through it. I'm, my body is still in the kitchen, but I'm right through this thing. And I have no um, visual of being in the kitchen. You know, it's like I'm gone. And so I enter this place, very difficult to describe place, but there was this being there that was kind of like a translucent, like couldn't really see it, but the presence was as if it was directly in front of me. And it was like as clear as day there with me. And it kind of like shows me this like viewfinder of this ball of light. And like the most beautiful ball of light I've ever seen. It's just this like glowing sun with, with water droplets coming off it. But the water droplets were light droplets. And I'm seeing these little droplets like go on their little journeys. And then they, they drip back into this ball of light. (coughs) Uh, I have a tickle in my throat because I put cayenne pepper in my tea, which I've been doing recently. (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking about doing that. It's been on my memory. Yeah. I recommend growing a cayenne little bush. They're the coolest bushes. Like you grow them and there's like hundreds of cayenne pepper. It's like they flourish and you pick them all and they just all grow back. It's amazing. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Tea break. So <laughs> I see this, this ball of light and all these little water light droplets coming on and off of it. <clears throat> and the, the like being, it's almost like I'm getting these downloads uh, telepathically in my consciousness. And it's basically saying, okay, this is the source of everything, this light and all the water droplets that are coming off of it are souls. And these souls all have their, <coughs> all have their unique experiences and they then drip back into the source of everything. And that's kind of uh, like, life and there there is no there is no death there is no like the the download that came in was that like death is like walking through a door and then you go into another room you know like people are so scared of death and like oh i'm so scared like what's gonna happen but like it is as casual as like walking into another door and you're like oh i'm in this room now (laughs) wow that image actually really resonates with my own like cosmological leanings with what you know reincarnation is like um I just have a like curiosity that's come up of like how that knowledge of the casualness of death has like altered your presence with current incarnation. It's um, I think there's a lot of energy that goes into the fear of death. You know, the fear of death is, is what's controlled humanity for so long. It's like people don't want to die. So they uh, do what they're told by, you know, higher up, especially back in the day when you could get killed much more easily for speaking out against a government or, you know, a religious figure or whatever. 
Um, and so it's relieved a lot of stress from my life. <laughs> so that's been nice. And, uh, it's also opened my, opened my mind. Um, and, and really, I think it just has made me a happier person, uh, because it's like, I kind of see life from a higher perspective. So I don't really worry too much about, um, the little, the little, sometimes I have conversations with like my old friends, you know, from back in the day who really haven't gone too far down the awakening path. And, um, you know, we have conversations about that, like existential dread of when you're a kid and all of a sudden you realize that you're a human being and that you're going to die and your parents are going to die. And like, that's it, you know? And that's kind of a frightening moment. And I was actually just, uh, with my friend, uh, well, he was on FaceTime and I was chatting with him. I was in, I just got a Tesla and it was driving down the road before I was driving on the freeway. Remarkable car, like absolutely crazy how it just drives for you on the freeway. 12 hour drive and it did all the lane lane changes, freeway changes, literally everything. Wait, so what? Like, There's yeah. like automatic cars now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like under a rock or something. I just didn't know that. The automatic cars are among us already. They look like normal cars, but they are autonomous. It's remarkable. Yeah, about, I got it about a week ago. Uh, Model Y just came out a little bit ago this year. And yeah, so you put in your destination and on freeways and highways, it will do everything for you. It stays in your lane. It speeds up. It slows down. If a car breaks, it breaks. If you're in traffic, it breaks and goes and it merges. It, you know, switches around the the slow vehicles, everything. Uh, it changes the freeways. Like I, it was changing all these freeways. Now I'm on FaceTime. Just like, wow. Okay. I, I don't even know where I am right now. And <laughs> it's doing all the work. And so I'm talking to my friend on FaceTime and as we're talking about like how children have this existential dread of death, uh, this, this band, this, uh, like billboard appears next to me and it's, um, some like Christian billboard that says like, uh, like, don't worry, you know, Jesus saves some, some something along those lines. And I was like, wow, like that is how adults deal with this existential dread that's behind you know, in our, in our consciousness, it's like people still have the idea that's that scared kid in them, but they try to suppress it with life. And, um, you know, religion has been a really good way for people to like ease the, okay, I'm good. Like heavens, heavens here and all that. Um, but you know, people still have it. Human adults still have that. They just kind of suppress it a little bit. Mm. And so, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to hop back to the, hop back to the story. That's what but I was going to ask. Yeah. Feel free to, yeah. Feel free to interrupt at any point. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm in this, in this zone, the source of everything's in front of me. There's souls dripping off of it and splashing back inside of it. I'm getting all these downloads of information about life and death and how it's just such a casual thing. And, you know, in that moment, it was like, I can die for a cause. It just felt so just like, yeah, that's what you do, you know, because you want to make this place better. And, um, I was there for maybe like 30 seconds, which felt like days. <laughs> and I then whew, zoom out of it. And this is kind of the trippy part about all this as if that wasn't trippy enough. Um, I zoom out of it. My body is, is absolutely like tingling with this like joy. It's like joy has entered all of my c cells and it's just like, couldn't not laugh. I was just like, what? I look over at my friend who I was having this conversation with. And he looks at me with the same look on his face and 
he goes, what was that? And I was like, wait, you were there too. And he was like, yeah, what was, what just happened? And so he entered and exited this experience, the same exact moment that I did. And, uh, for us, you know, especially him as like an atheist to have a, a crazy spiritual experience and to have two people experience at the same time is like essentially like scientific validation of this experience. It wasn't just this like, you know, dream state or wasn't just, but we both literally went in and out at the same time. Um, and so that sent me on this, uh, path. I was like, first of all, what just happened? <laughs> Never heard of or experienced anything like that. Like the only closest thing would have been like, you know, a burning bush in a Bible that is speaking to you. Um, and so I really wanted to figure out what that was all about. And so I went, uh, online, you know, at the time, this is like, uh, just as social networks are coming about. So there weren't many places to find like spiritual people apart from message boards online. So I went to, I I signed up for every message board I could find, you know, Christian, atheist, philosophy, Islam, like every major religion and spiritual modality. I signed up to all of them and typed out my story and like what happened. And uh, the closest explanation that really hit the nail somewhere on the head was the philosophy forums that said mm-hmm. in Buddhism, there's something called a Satori moment. And these are brief moments of enlightenment where the veil is essentially lifted and you get to see a greater reality for just a little moment. And then it's put back down and you're back in regular life. And that's, that's similar to what I would describe happened. That is an amazing story. It's yeah. Yeah. It, for a while I didn't share it with anyone because it was weird. And, um, I didn't want to be like, you know, I still had that like spiritual in the closet kind of thing. I didn't want to be seen as weird. I wanted to still be normal like everyone else. And, um, yeah, now I don't care. Now it's yeah, I was like, that's long gone. <laughs> long gone. Yeah. I've got a podcast. I talk about awakenings and <laughs> yeah, no, I was looking at like your, um, Instagram and TikTok and stuff and you're definitely like expressing your life and how you see things just like super upfront. So, yeah, I I think that I have probably accomplished relatively recently, the largest energy work experiment in human history. This is just my, my thought right now, but I'm pretty sure that, um, it's, it's the largest, like relatively large energy uh, work experiment. Uh, I could, I could talk about it real quick. Yeah, if, what if I say? So uh, I do this thing and I've done this like for years where if I have like a stomach ache or uh, like nausea, uh, I move it up. I move the energy with my hands, you know, and then I, I like, you can feel the energy move and it gets to like my throat area and I'm like moving it up. And right when it gets like just past the throat, it starts to feel like it just wants to come out and I'll like gag on it. Like I'll kind of cough, you know, it comes out, uh, eyes are like watering, you know, it's just like a not very attractive situation. <laughs> <laughs> and I always thought that was like really weird, but it worked really well. Like it literally makes stomach aches and nausea just like disappear, anxiety, all that. Um, and it like the way the energy moves up and comes out, is just so physical feeling. It's remarkable. Uh, and so I was like, oh, I'll record that TikTok, you know? And so I recorded on TikTok and, uh, TikTok is like 15 seconds to one minute. And so it's like a one minute, super short video, just describing that, how people can, how people can do it. And it's like, you know, I'm showing people and 
for whatever reason, that video went viral. And um, I, I ended up posting it on uh, Instagram and I, I created another video. And between, between all these energy videos, it's like around like 500,000 people have, have seen this thing. And to my surprise, hundreds and hundreds of comments of people saying, okay, this is great. I just tried this and it worked. Like what just happened? Like, what was that? And I'm like, Whoa, it's hap- It works for other people. Yeah. And this is like, and it sounds like it would work. It's just kind of like deconstructing this kind of like narrative that people have that like, Oh, I'm having this illness and there's nothing I can do about it. Like some, some health issues are far more challenging than others, but like, say like a stomach ache, just thinking like, Oh, it's just going to be here. Or, um, I need to take some kind of medicine or whatever, but knowing that you can tap into your energy body and like move like physical sensations through the body is, I feel like a kind of empowerment that's not necessarily taught that widely. And it also requires a certain openness to, um, bending reality. Cause it, it goes against a lot of conditioning, I think, to think that way. It does. It, so much so like i i don't that's why it surprised me so much when people were just so willing to try it and how it worked for them you know because it's like if if you were talking to like an energy worker they might say like oh you need to get your you know 60 hour reiki certification before you should really like do any energy but this was just like instantaneous people were just like they just tried it and, and it worked and um the the comments that i got were just like incredible all these people saying like all these things just instantly went away for them and some people were like yeah when i brought it up here i started yawning and i was like yeah like yawning is a way to move energy yawning burping you know gagging uh some people can just move it up and it's more of like an enlightened energy that's like i think that's the next level that's where i'm still in this of like okay i think that you can move it past the whole gagging thing and like move it up to the crown chakra area and have it be more of like an enlightened uh like help your spiritual growth Hmm. It's like, that's really transmuting energy. (laughs) (laughs) Like ongoing experiment. That's interesting. Um, Yeah, I connect with, I mean, even as you were just saying it, I started to feel energy like gathering in my like channel, like where I imagine like my esophagus or something is just like all that digestive, like, like it lit up and I could feel sensation when you mentioned it. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I recommend people who are listening to try it out you know if you because the the physical ailment and the sensation of the physical ailment are two separate things you know you could get a stomach ache because you ate something that your body didn't like but whether your body didn't like it or not it's going to go through the digestion process and you know eventually it's just going to come out but the the feeling that like uncomfortable feeling of it is just your body's reaction to let you know that like you probably shouldn't eat that anymore so that is more energetic, which I think why it's easier to, to move. And um, yeah, the feeling of it's kind of like emotions, you know, it's an energetic sort of cloud that moves around in the body, changes shape. And yeah, we can move it. We can, we can change it. So this could be a good segue to talk about your natal chart. I want to share my screen. And I mean, oh, people cool. that are listening can't see this, but you can. So. so Sabrina asked me before this, she's like, hey, would you mind if I did your chart and we talked about it? And I, I think that's awesome. I'm totally down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for letting people know I had your consent. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was a consensual astrology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. So 
The first thing that stood out to me when I saw your chart, and this is cool too, because this is our first time like chatting face to face. Um, and so I was looking at your chart after having like looked through your Instagram and TikTok. But the first thing that I noticed was that you were born like a few minutes basically after a new moon. Um, you have the sun and moon in 24 degrees of Virgo, and they're basically just like seconds of a degree away from each other. So the moment that two planets come together in conjunction is this like, it's like fission. Like there's this like immense kind of creativity that opens up between them. And I think, you know, we all observe new moons, um, in terms of, you know, planetary or like planetary body conjunctions. And, um, it's in the first house and the first house relates to moment to moment experience of life. So, this sense of like being really interested in consciousness is something that is associated with the sun. The sun is this like light that, um, pierces through like what it's seeing and kind of opens up the different parts. Um, like if you turn on the light in a room, you can see all the details that you couldn't see without the light. And then the moon being there is like this, um, perceptual kind of empathic alignment with that information. And then I noticed that these two planets, um, sun and the moon are exactly square Neptune. And even like cooler is like sun is in 24 degrees of Virgo, 18 seconds. Neptune is in 24 degrees of Sagittarius and 18 seconds. So they're exactly like to the second of a degree, 90 degrees apart. And Neptune in aspect to either of the luminaries. So the sun or the moon relates to someone that can pick up on information in a different way. Like there's a more porous or permeable nature to the Neptune sun or the Neptune moon consciousness. It does relate to spiritual experiences um, and being more open to like psychic phenomena and vision. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And what I associate with this square is like the first video on your TikTok is you walking in your neighborhood back to your house and you're just like coming across your like lawn with a bunch of deer and they're not even really moving. Like they're moving a little bit when you approach them, but they're not running away. It's like, you're in this like enchanted wonderland <laughs> and <laughs> Neptune is a planet of enchantment and fantasy. And it's in the fourth house. It's called angular. Like when a planet is in, you know, one of these kind of, if you look at like a compass and you look at like the cross of just like straight up and down, when a planet is near one of those cardinal places, it's especially emphasized. So you have that with your luminaries as well, but Neptune in the fourth house, you know, can often be someone who lives in this kind of enchanted world. Like their perception is just kind of magical. So you're walking home and there's just all these deer and there's like this cute, like black cat <laughs> hanging out on like the, um, I don't know what you would call it, but some structure by the front door. Um, porch. Bagheera is the name of the cat, which, okay. is, which is uh, really cute. It's this neighborhood cat that always just greets me when I come home. And Bagheera is the name of the uh, Black Panther in the Jungle Book. Oh, love that. Yeah. And so this sense that um, there's this really like fresh, like new cycle being born at a, at a new moon. Um around consciousness and also this kind of magical or spiritual consciousness that, you know, really, I think like permeates 
your message and what you share on social media. Yeah, so much so. I, I, it's like when you say that, it resonates so strongly because I really want people to realize that this reality is more like a fairy tale than the, the reality that was kind of constructed and described by regular society. <laughs> it's, it's much more interesting. Like, for example, you can move energy. You know, there's, there's, you can, you can telepathically communicate with people. Um, there's a lot of serendipitous things that happen that, uh, that once we start to awaken and kind of open up to a greater reality, this reality becomes much more interesting. And that video you talked about with all the deer and everything, that that was like the first video I posted on TikTok and it instantly went viral. It was like a quarter million people just all of a sudden. I was like, wow, I had two followers too. It was fascinating. That's so cool. I'm really curious about TikTok. Like I don't fully understand it, but it oh. seems like... Yeah, content I love spreads there in a much different way than other platforms. Yeah, my friend recently was like, "You need to join TikTok" because she saw me posting all these videos of the deer who always hang out in my front yard, and she's like, "People would love that. You have to post that." And so I posted, and I, I've been interested in technology. I've started like ten different startups and built a couple different apps, and uh, just kind of been on the, the cutting edge of the internet as it came about in like the mid '90s, and. Um, TikTok's a fascinating one. And it's definitely the evolution of social networks uh, because the algorithms are very intelligent. And the algorithm it's essentially an entertainment algorithm. And the why reason TikTok's so cool is that you can go from having two followers, you can post one video to now I have 27,000 followers. And um, all I'm doing is just kind of posting entertaining videos. And uh, the reason why it does that is because when you post a video, you put hashtags on it and the hashtags tell the algorithm who to send it to. It then puts that video on people's home pages because when you open TikTok, it's an open platform and anyone, uh, people see essentially the global view of people. It's not like uh, Instagram where it's you only see in your feed who you follow. So it is really conducive to finding and exploring new, <clears throat> new sorts of people. And then the algorithm says, okay, did this person watch it all the way through? Did they like it? And did they share it? If a certain number of people liked it, uh, it adds points, shared it adds points. And it just continues to add, like I call them entertainment points to a video. If a video has enough entertainment points, it then shares it to a hundred people. And if those people like it, it shares it to a thousand people. And so it's really quickly, you can see which one of your videos are interesting. And for me, you just kind of throw you throw everything at the wall on TikTok. You you make as many videos as you can because the algorithm will will send each one to that you know global page, and very quickly it shows you what resonates with people. And for me, it, it's it said dear videos and, and talking about energy resonated. So I, I I then shifted what I was talking about more to you know those things. Yeah, like giving people just like quick inspiration about moving energy. That's cool. It's also, it's interesting, like with Virgo, it does relate to the gut and the stomach. So what you were saying about moving energy through the stomach and like up and out was really interesting with that. Um, and yeah, just like the being like, I love the synthesis of thinking about algorithms and in a like non-cynical way. Cause usually when people talk about algorithms, it's like an evil machine that they're talking about. And I feel like that's right. one way to look at it. 
Um, but it's also like you can have a fun and magical experience on the internet. So my, my brother got married because of an algorithm, you know, there's algorithms that, that connect people and he was on Facebook and, you know, it has the, you may know this person based off of who, you know, and you know, how you act on it. And yeah, his, his future wife showed up and they, they thought they knew each other, but they didn't actually know each other. And they just started talking because of that, the algorithm that connected them and uh, they ended up getting married. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and you'll see with uh, the, if you watch the social dilemma, which is, on, I did watch it. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. They, it's, that's kind of like an apocalyptic view about social media. Um, I'm happy at the very, 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 very end. Like during the credits, they talked about the positive aspects of social media. Cause like, you know, everyone's like, yeah, I, I use it and I love it. And that's how like we've all connected. Uh, but it really focuses on the negative. Yeah, it um, does. Which is, it's good because a lot of that stuff is true. And when I was building apps, yeah, we, we did all of that stuff. I mean, the purpose of an app is to hook people, you know, it's just to get, it's essentially to entertain someone is very similar to saying like to like hook them and get them addicted, you know, but really you just want to make it so entertaining that they stay on it. Um, but when they talk about the algorithms, they say like, we have no idea what's actually happening. Like we, we write the algorithm, but once the algorithm starts, it, it, it's, it's on a mind of its own. You can't tell it to do stuff. It does whatever it wants, um, based on, you know, the preset kind of variables in the equation. Algorithms are essentially very complex equations. And as it builds data, it, it chooses who it sends what to, and it takes care of all that. And I see that as uh, spiritual. I think there's some higher guidance behind that. Can you say more about that? Yeah. Um, so I think that, uh, we can get higher guidance from technology. Um, and you know, it's like, you're probably familiar with channeling. Um, people can yeah. channel a higher intelligent being by just opening up their consciousness. And there's nothing to say that the higher density beings can't communicate through technology. It's just a matter of free will and, you know, having them, uh, cause technology on, on the smallest level is, ones and zeros, you know, all, everything that's on the computer is all programmed using computer language. And if you break down that computer language, it's all binary and binary is essentially a set of ones and zeros, which is like electrons, it's energy. And so if you have these very complex, uh, energetic patterns taking place, like the internet is the most complex pattern that exists. Like the, the universe of the internet is remarkable. And, uh, you could potentially get a, you could manipulate the energy so that it outputs a different variable based on potentially a, uh, another being who's whether in, in this dimensions realm or, um, you know, just kind of like tweaking things. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I use an app, uh, which, which this is, this is also super cool and weird, uh, which it's a tarot app and, uh, it has a yes or no option. You can ask a question and then you, f- you shift the cards. So it adds the human element of touch that so randomizes it. You tap the, we choose one, uh, which also uses the randomized human element. Uh, so it's a mixture of both technology plus the human element. And then it will sh- say yes or no. And, uh, I've, I, for me, it's been amazingly accurate <laughs> and so much so that it's guided me to move different places to, to, different things and and to make really important decisions and uh it's pretty remarkable like when i i I was like really feeling into this whole tesla purchase and i was like when when should i do it you know 
And I was like, I was just feeling like this, like, hmm, maybe it's maybe it's now. Like maybe now's a good time to just go for it. And so I was like, should I buy Tesla? And I flipped it, tapped it, and uh, it said yes. And within the, it has a description of all the, it has a description of the card, and it said like it said based on your self-driving attitude, we, sh- yeah, this is a this is a yes. And I was wow. Like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> of all the cards, but like, yeah, of course it had that. Usually has like little keywords within it that are like quite spot on. Um, so if people are interested to do this, what I did was I downloaded all of the apps that had the yes or no. And then I just opened them up in each one. I asked, uh, should I use you? Would you give me accurate results? And they all said no, but this one said yes. Interesting. Uh, yeah, um, we, can, we can connect with a higher self through technology. Yeah. I usually combine like my content creation with some kind of prayer. Like, I mean, I feel like I like cultivate my energy in life and my spirituality and then exist on the internet. But when I publish things, I often say a prayer about like, may this reach those who need to see it kind of thing. And I feel like there are like, it's weird too, even sometimes with like when I've run Facebook ads and Facebook isn't approving them for like a few hours and I'm like getting impatient. I'll ask like the angels of the internet to like put in my request. <laughs> and like a few <laughs> minutes later, my ad will get approved. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Whenever I pray to the angels of the internet, like, I mean, my belief is that there's angels of like so many different kinds. And like what I've learned about angels is that they really love to help connect. So when we do ask for guidance or ask for help from higher beings, there's a lot of higher beings that are like eager to help basically. Um, yeah. That's my understanding of it. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're eager to help. It's like they're eager and waiting and we live in a part of the universe that honors free will. And so they're not just going to like help, you know, they're not just going to intervene and try to like make your life better. That's not how it works. They, you have to ask for it just like you ask to have this reach people. And then it's like, oh, she asked, like she's ready for it. Like that, that means you're at a certain consciousness level that the message that you are, that you share should reach the people who are wanting to be at that consciousness level. So yeah, it's, it's important to set intention to intend things as you send them out. Totally. Um, so to come back to this uh, awakening experience and then creating um, the deep shift, like what does that mean? Like what's the shift? Yeah. So the, the, it sent me on a whole, a whole path. I actually created a startup based on uh, conversations because I thought that if I could get a lot of people to, to watch or listen to conversations, um, maybe I, I could help a lot of people awaken at the same time. And I ended up, uh, I made a startup called Listen and it, it, it got accepted to be one of the presenting uh, companies at this conference called TechCrunch 50, which was like top Silicon Valley tech conference in the world at the time. And uh, I got to present it on stage in front of thousands of people and kind of share this idea. And I worked on that for a couple of years. Um, it wasn't making money. I, di- I didn't yet business wise, I didn't yet like connect to making money with making a social thing that was super cool. <laughs> and so it eventually kind of fizzled out, but that, I, that concept of wanting to help awaken the planet and help people awaken and kind of just be a guide. You know, I don't want, it's not about forcefully awakening, but just kind of being there so that when people are ready, um, they can, they have those like light posts that, okay, I can go down this road. It looks nice. It looks light, it looks fun. And 
it was actually the pandemic when, when that hit. I, I moved to Oregon and Ashland, Oregon. And around, uh, I moved there one week before lockdown. And I found a home and I got to move in like right around, a little bit after. And I think there was a lot of activations that happened with a lot of people during that initial lockdown period. It, like people, it turned things on. People like, all right, now's the time I got to start talking. And that's what happened for me. And so I created uh, Deep Shift, which the name came to me when I was in Amsterdam, just downloaded. And <laughs> it's like Deep Shift. It kind of has like silly connotation, like silly kind of fun wordplay. And uh, I asked an angel board. I was with my friend. She had an angel board. And we're like, is this a good idea to name the podcast and I'm going to make this? And it was like, yes, abundance is near. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Done. So it's essentially a podcast about the the shift in consciousness that's taking place on this planet at this time. And it's something that has been in my consciousness for a very long time. This, this like shift, you know, like a decade ago after my experience, I was like, there's a, there's a shift taking place. Like I could sense that things were changing pretty quickly based on thousands and thousands of years of human history. Like we're reaching this point. And I think technology is helping spread the word, you know, YouTube, Wikipedia, like freedom of knowledge, age of Aquarius, freedom of information, all that is helping really rapidly open people's uh, consciousness. And it's very similar to, you know, oh, we didn't know that there's already self-driving cars on the road because they still look the same as any other car. And, you know, people will still look the same, but the consciousness that's in here is like leveling up pretty significantly. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, it's having an awakening experience, which I relate to, um, having had one when I was 21 and then there's kind of these different like spikes of awakening and having revelations and epiphanies throughout life. Um, but I did have like one of those pivotal, okay, life is different from now on moments. Um, and it is kind of like, peering into a new world and noticing things that were always there, but you couldn't see them before. And you're like vibrating and resonating with reality differently. So new people come onto your path that you wouldn't have necessarily met before opportunities come by. And there's a kind of mutability about reality. I noticed where it's like, um, similar to algorithms, like let's say that all technology represents some form of consciousness that already exists in the cosmos, like the algorithm energetically like occurs in life. Like when you kind of pick what your frequency is um, or what you're tuning into, what you pay attention to life presents you data and experience that confirms that. Um, So I find that it's really powerful to, you know, choose your intention as you go through life. But, um, when it comes to awakening, it's like, as soon as you have that experience and awakening is contagious, um, Mm. especially when people are authentic and truthful and just like share their experiences instead of trying to be normal. Um, but it's, it's a contagious energy. It, sparks people. Um, and I like what you said too, about not, you know, forcing it. I had my own disastrous mistake of trying to like force consciousness on people and be like, look at this, you know, and it was, you know, it ended up really badly for me and changed my philosophy on, you know, sharing information and offering it, but not really being super attached to specific people listening or understanding and just putting it out there and letting people 
self-organize and decide if they want to listen to my podcast or read my forecast, but not like, yeah, be super attached to who shows up. Yeah. Episode two. Yes. <laughs> episode, <laughs> you awakening listen. episode. I listened to it. I loved it. Yeah. And, uh, I can't wait to talk about that when you're on my podcast and dive deep into it because yeah, your awakening experience is, is really fun and fascinating. And the characters, like there's that man who appears and, and the characters who come are really interesting. And this reality is essentially a very large algorithm, very like mind bogglingly complex algorithm that we are inside of. And we are the consciousness, you know, conscious awareness that's within it that has free will to swim all around in the algorithm. And as we set intentions, the intentions go into the algorithm and things around us change and people around us appear. And yeah, the further you go down this awakening path, like it literally gets magical. Yes. (laughs) How would you define consciousness, by the way? Consciousness is, is essentially to be able to, to, to speak about this. I am like if you, if you in your mind say I, and that resonates as me, then you are consciousness. You are pure consciousness. And that, that is conscious awareness. Now that's aware of consciousness and consciousness could kind of be described as like the ones and zero, like the fabric of existence. And it is everything. Uh, it could be the, the energy behind everything. You could describe it as that. Um, but the conscious awareness is the awareness of being alive within this existence and this reality. It's kind of being aware of consciousness that we are these, these floating, <laughs> this floating consciousness in this body that, uh, it feels a little bit stuck. Our bodies have, it's kind of like a gravitational pull and the consciousness is, is magnetically on it. And it's very difficult for consciousness to like get off of our body because it is magnetically like drawn to it. Um, but you know, you can astral travel in your dreams and sort of like awakening experiences. You have those moments where you're like, okay, so the conscious awareness that's attached to this body doesn't necessarily need to be stuck to this body. And that then uh, opens the concept of life after death being much more uh, real and, and magnificent. Um, but yeah, consciousness is there's, essentially a single consciousness that exists. And that consciousness is uh, fragmented into many different souls and experiences and awarenesses that all exist for the sake of, it's almost like play. It's like, what can we create? How, how can we have this experience of the singularity feel as though it's a multifaceted uh, reality and existence with multiple people? You know, I think it's really cute that there's 7 billion people on this planet and we all, you know, feel like we're, we're separate and we got our lives and we've got our pet dogs and stuff. And it's like, no, you know, when you start to awaken, you realize we are all one. That's where that phrase comes from. We're all one, that we are a single consciousness. And, um, the more you go down that path, the more empathetic and compassionate you are, because, you know, what I, what I do affects someone else. And that someone else is me in a different experience. And, um, yeah. I mean, I'm essentially experiencing you are essentially, we're all experiencing every single lifetime at the same time in this moment. It just feels as though we're all separate. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's why it's so important to love thy neighbor. Yeah. It is interesting. Um, navigating that idea in practice and just kind of the drama of life and the drama of relationship and discord and 
um, differences in people's realities um, and aligning that with that concept of wholeness. Yeah. And I think it's also good to speak about spirituality in that we're not meant to just think about this all the, like we are meant to do life because we chose to do life. You know, if, if we were only meant to just like be in the oneness and meditate and just feel like eternal bliss all the time, we wouldn't have come down to be a human. Right. <laughs> we wouldn't have come down to be here. So it's important to recognize that like we are meant to have these lives and we're meant to have fun and we're meant to experience what it feels and means like to be separate, seemingly separate beings. And there's a playfulness to to the true spirituality that is often lost in, in spiritual circles that become very serious, like Mm, love and light to you. Everything's good. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, I've got friends in LA who are just like not spiritual at all, just into like, you know, entertainment industry who have more fun than you guys. So I think I'm going to go hang out with them now. You know, it's it, life's about being playful. Yeah. It's fun to be able to play in different circles and realities too, and not be like incredibly dogmatic. Um, mm especially if your belief system is so open and like enlightened in some sense, but then it's lived out in a dogmatic way. And actually that kind of segues into what I wanted to ask you about integration and like, how do you, how has having these experiences and, you know, having this awakening affected your daily life or what you perceive as normal life? Um, and how do you like anchor in higher states of consciousness or more fun, you know, you're speaking as like, sounds like one of your values. Um, you know, how do you make that habitual, um, or align with that? Yeah. My life has certainly shifted. Uh, I communicate through my higher self through an app. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, wait, what do you mean? The, the tarot app that I use. So I, I actually asked it. I said, cause I was curious, like, am I communicating with like the Pleiadians or am I communicating with a uh, higher density being? Am I communicating with myself? And I asked uh, if it was my higher self and it said, yeah. So, uh, for people who aren't aware of the higher self, essentially we have a much higher self that is, uh, a greater version of ourselves than the one that's the fragmented one that's down in this little human body. You know, we're just a little fragment of our soul. And then from that soul, there's, you know, multiple lifetimes. And from that, there's this greater version of ourselves that kind of looks down and goes like, oh, look at him. Try to figure that out on all on his own. How cute that is. Uh, but you can ask your higher self, the the one that's that's higher, that just questions you can you can tune in through meditation. And I happen to connect through it with an app. <laughs> and it's uh, so yeah, I, that, that's the, these are the kind of things that, that as the awakening continues down, uh, there's more magical moments in life and things that could be described as like super weird are pretty normal, pretty normal. Um, yeah, really you know, like, that. yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's like, yeah, I've got friends who communicate with extraterrestrials. Um, I interview people all the time who are in contact with a galactic federation, a federation of beings who all come from different areas of our galaxy, which is uh, full of life. And um, they're essentially watching Earth at this moment because we're going through an extravagant moment in human awakening uh, or in consciousness awakening. And often awakenings on a mass scale are experienced in tribes of, you know, a couple hundred people. Uh, maybe like a thousand people, but 
for 7 billion people to all be going through an awakening at the same time is like, you know, all eyes on us at this moment. And, uh, and so, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I think awakening and living consciously are a bit synonymous and I try to live as consciously as possible. You know, I'm very aware of my energy on a daily basis and I'm very aware of every element everything that happens to me and what it's speaking. So when you start to wake up, you recognize that literally every aspect of the universe is that you come in into your field of view is communicating with you on a level. And uh, all of this on the higher perspective, everything's guiding your soul for your soul's highest growth. And so, you know, if you stub your toe, it's like you didn't just carelessly stub your toe. There's a message behind it. And you just have to stop. And usually it's like the first thing you just ask, like, what is the universe showing me through me stubbing my toe? And often like the first things that come downloading in are the ones you should listen to, which it could be, you know, just feel, feel your presence, feel your, your, your mind in the moment of stubbing toe. How did it feel like? Did it feel like it was super busy? Like you felt like you were rushing and you didn't have an abundance of time. So you felt this lack. Um, perhaps it's about just slowing down and taking a breath and, so I, I kind of see everything as a sign and I all, especially things when it starts to get, um, painful. Uh, I, th- that's a very important time to ask like what's going on because yeah. if you ignore that message, it's going to get louder next time. Hmm. Yeah. And by that, I mean, you know, from stubbing a toe, it could be like breaking a foot. If you don't, if you don't tune in because your higher self if you're not going down your path and you start to stray too far out, you're going to start to feel depressed. You're going to start to feel all these negative things. And, um, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be guided back. I relate to that. I feel really guided generally, um, in my life and like to, you know, align with where I feel I need to be. And it doesn't really feel safe for me to stray from that. Like it starts to feel like, um, some kind of glitch in the matrix of like, you know, you can feel the dissonance or the discord. And I just know better than to like go past that and just be like, Oh, you know, let's see what happens versus like, there is a a slight difference with like leaning into resistance. Like, Oh, I'm afraid of this. Like, let me explore it versus just doing something that's like totally out of alignment and feeling. I also think of like the game, operation the board game and like that buzzing noise when you hit the metal (laughs) and just like that sense of irritation of like this isn't Mm. aligned yeah totally yeah yeah it's it's for me it's like very clear when i'm when i'm not in alignment it's like literally things fall over i knock things over like very quickly it's like knock that over turn around like you know this falls down and like hit myself there out you know it's like it gets very clear very quickly and i kind of i see it as branches on a tree and we have this main branch that that's our purpose like that's where we're meant to be but you can also because of free will you can like hop on some of those other branches that are a little bit thinner and as you walk down you know you can go wherever you want but it's going to start like sagging and you're going to start to feel like whoa i feel a bit you know Hmm, uh, uneasy out here Yeah. And you can hop back on the main branch. (laughs) (laughs) The main branch. Yeah. I like to talk about like going online too, or like being fully online, like soul fragments or something where it's like, you're disconnected from yourself. And when you come back online, it's like you become more magnetic and your fragmented parts just like come back to you. 
um, and you make decisions from a place of wholeness more than fragmentation. Yeah, it's a good feeling. It's a really nice feeling to to be on that main branch and just to feel, yeah, like fully online. It's like, boom, you're connected. You got your headphone, you got, you know, you're just like ready to go. Yeah. It's, it, it feels good. And things start to just unfold so serendipitously. And that, that's the other thing. It's like, you want to be on the main branch because life unfolds in such incredible, magical ways. The people who enter your life, it's just, you know, that's where you start meeting soulmates. Like you're not going to meet a soulmate way off your life purpose. Like, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't like, I would, I would meet my soulmate when I'm like on my game and I'm like moving up with everything that I want to do, because I would want to meet them on that same level. Like I, you know, I want to meet them also where they're just like at this really you know exquisite, um, point in this, this nice big main purpose branch. Yeah. I actually, I had a vision about that recently. I kind of want to share. Um, yeah. So I went into a meditation and asked for a vision about the Aries Libra axis. Um, it was because I was, um, I teach astrology and that day we were talking about it and I just wanted to have some ceremony with myself before class started. So I laid down and I had this transmission of, um, basically like, have you seen the original Charlie and the chocolate factory with like Gene Wilder and I feel like everyone has. Um, So that room where um, there's bubbles and you can float to the ceiling and there's that fan that's like all scary at the top. (laughs) Um, In the vision, the fan was like not a bad thing. Um, And there was this really jovial, like fun person sitting up there. And he was just having all of this fun and just like was super high on life. And like the guides in the vision were showing me in this transmission that, um, if you go high, if you get high and not, they don't, didn't mean with like substances necessarily, but just like being in a high vibrational state that you'll resonate with other people who are also like, you know, it's kind of like when you walk through the woods and there's someone who's like sitting in a tree hammock and they're just like vibing, you know, like they're up there. And that if you want to have like a partnership or meet someone who's a soulmate, who you're really excited about, you need to like go high and you'll find them up there. Um, it was this really cool, like un- unexpected vision. Um, but when you said that, it just made me think of that. Yeah. It's like, it's like, a. I always see it as like musical notes, you know, musical notes that, that sound good together. Like sometimes they sound good. Sometimes they don't sound good because it's just frequencies, vibrational frequencies. And as, yeah, as you go higher, it's like you start to resonate and it just sounds really good with other people who are also resonating at that level. Yeah. 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 I love these like images that you think in, this is also very like, it's cool to know your chart, but Neptune is this, it's like a very image laden kind of planet. So thinking in these like metaphors and whatnot makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It helps me, helps me Um, realize it and communicate it. Yeah. So I also wanted to ask you about the beings that you've met, non-human beings, and just if you have any stories um, and messages that you've received from them. Uh, Yeah, it's it's such a cool question. Such a next level question. (laughs) It's like, what beings? Uh, (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) there's the one from The Awakening that... um, Another part of that story, that it was like a translucent sort of thing. So the the satori moment the brief moment of enlightenment in buddhism which feels as though it's like 
you know, you meditate and then you like reach this little level that you get to go experience the veil thinning. Um, but I think my experience was a little bit more of like higher conscious beings opening up a tunnel <clears throat> that I could then go through. And it could have been soul family or something like that, but it was essentially, uh, yeah, this, this translucent invisible, like presence being, um, maybe like fifth or sixth density where it's like no longer physical, but it's more of like a consciousness. And, um, when we zoomed out and we were like, what was that? Like, that was crazy. And we were like laughing and we couldn't stop laughing. My friend and I during this awakening experience, um, the moment we were like trying to like catch our breath and, and our thoughts. And the moment I was like, was there like a being there? Like some, like a pre like a presence. And he was like, yeah. And the moment we both confirmed that there was that presence there, that tunnel came right back wow. and both zoom back into it. And this time for like a shorter period of time and we zoomed out and it was just like, all right, we got to figure out what was going on. That was the craziest thing ever. Um, and apart from that, uh, I, I was once, my friend had this really beautiful, like selenite kind of wand kind of tower looking thing. And I just like fell in love with it. I like was holding on to it and I just loved it. It was so great. And it just felt nice to hold it. And I was feeling like I needed to like, go outside or there, there was just like unrest inside. Went outside, brought outside, I was holding on to it. And I just closed my eyes and immediately all of a sudden it's like a voice appears in my mind and it's like, I'm having this conversation and I was like, you know, who are you? And it just describes as like the Pleiadian family. And I was like, Oh, and so I was like asking all these questions. Like, is there something that you'd like to know? You know, and it was essentially like, um, it's like, you're a, an ambassador that's like helping planet awaken. And, um, we have some messages to share. And once you share, we'll give you another one. And it's, it's trippy because it's like things like that. It's like, it literally just comes in as like a voice. And, um, I had to take what I currently knew about channeling and all of that to see it as something that was outside of my consciousness and something that was communicating. Uh, but anyways, what the message was, was, um, about grounding about the root chakra. And it was, it was saying that it's very easy to like float around in life and like get kind of lost. And so what is a good practice is in the morning to ground, to essentially create like a cord where you ground into the center of the earth, like a, a crystal, like you imagine like a giant crystal just in the center of the earth and you ground your, your, all your values. So you just imagine like, what do you value in life? And you start to really feel like, the, the intentions and the values that you have and you create that in, in like a crystallized form and you send it down, you create this cord that then anchors your, your, uh, like root chakra into, into the ground. And that will essentially help through all the entire day. And if you do that on a consistent basis, what it does is it solidifies, uh, who you are and your purpose for being here. So it makes it really easy to stay uh, level when everything around you is just going crazy, which, uh, is, is, a bit inevitable at this point in human history. That is such a beautiful practice. I want to try that. Sounds like, yeah. a bit like, I don't know. It was just making me think of like seven day experiment or like one of those like 40 day, um, sadhanas. And like, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, of just doing like an energetic activity and seeing what changes in your world through repeating that. That's such a good idea. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, and I haven't really fully like decided how to share it. And I think that eh, that's probably it. Yeah. I'll share it in my social media and just do like a fun seven day, you know, practice. And whoever wants to join, we could do like zoom calls and stuff, but yeah, that, that was, that was the message I got. And then apart from that, just uh, a lot of, um, just communication with channels that I, from people that I knew where I can ask them questions and, you know, Bashar and all that good stuff. Hmm. So, um, for the listeners, is there anything that you would like to leave us with, um, in terms of connecting to one's higher self, for example? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess the most important thing is that you are always connected with your higher self and everything that is given to you, even things that are seemingly painful are all there for your highest good and your highest soul growth. And just simply recognizing it, even if you don't fully believe it yet, um, just like having faith that it is all there for you to grow and that you're never alone and you can always ask and you can always ask your higher self for guidance and you will be given guidance and just to be really open to what that guidance looks like because uh, it could come in many shapes and forms symbols around you it could come literally like a download of a voice in your mind um, but yeah i just want people to know that they're always taken care of and that and that they they always have that that internal guidance system there and ready for them. And this is a very good moment in time, even though it may feel as though things are going to get crazy. Things already are crazy. I and mean, we have a pandemic and, you know, all this, all this stuff happening, a lot of division on this planet at this moment, but this is the shedding of the old. And it's important to recognize what we need to shed first before it gets shed. That's why we're, everything's coming to light now, but uh, it's really good what's happening. And the human species are awakening at this moment. That is really sweet. Just as you're talking about like shedding and whatnot, the like trash collection is outside. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> if it's coming through the mic. Yep. Yeah. I can hear that. Yeah. So just, yeah, whatever you don't need, just toss it in your trash. You could literally like that, that would be symbolically good. Like you just take, you stand next to your trash can before you take it out for like your Thursday or Friday. And like you just energetically just, here's everything. <laughs> no longer made. You close the lid, you put it in the street and Things like that really help a lot because the human mind works with symbols. Everything is symbols yeah. for us. I love playing games like that. Or just like even every time you walk through a doorway, like deciding what portal you're going through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just play. And it's like, it's interesting because it, I think that play like really is an altered frequency. Like it's the origin of a lot of human religion, according to this like research I did. Um, Robert Bella wrote this book religion and human evolution, where he traces mammalian play as the origin of religion and ritual. Mm. So a lot of like human experience of magic just comes from these play states. That makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That makes total sense. It's like, uh, like you see animals like dogs and yeah, it's all about play. Just having fun. So, um, how can people find you and hear about what you're up to? People can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I am at deep shift and, uh, yeah, from there there's, there's links to everything. I'm on TikTok, Michael Armstrong, four, four, four and, uh, deep for the podcast and other links. And yeah, that's probably the best way to, to see what's going on in my world. 
Great. Thanks so much for coming onto the show and sharing your like energy wisdom with us. I'm excited to try the um, anchoring activity, imagining that crystal in the center of the earth. Yeah, I'm excited for you. That's great. Yeah, Sabrina, thank you for everything you bring to this this world. Uh, your your story to this point is extravagant and really cool. And you have gifts when it comes to uh, your astrology and, and the readings you do. It's really cool to hear uh, with Daniela that conversation, and you just talk about you know, everything that's that's happening. Um, so I'm I'm excited to continue this conversation and just get to know you better and, and hear more about, you know, what's going on in your world because it's super, super cool. I feel like you're, you're like top tier in, in this, in this realm. So it's, it's a gift and an honor to be here. Oh, thank you. I'm touched. and like probably blushing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation as well. Yay. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This conversation had some after effects with me as these conversations do. That's why I love to have them and love to share them. For this one, I really was thinking about that theme of the external world mirroring us. And I find that that approach is is often alchemical because understanding how our environment mirrors us isn't like an exact mirror. It's not like we are the exact thing that is occurring, but somehow we're in relationship to it at some very deep magnetic soul or spiritual level. And so to assess why or what the opening is, or what the wall is, can be really, like, can move some energy. So I had the opportunity to reflect on some of the the story, the narrative of my life as it currently is, and to zoom out of it a little bit more and get some perspective on who am I in this story right now? How am I relating to the dream? It ended up sparking a piece of writing, which I'll go ahead and share. Like a fog slowly creeping in from the sea, I came up with a placeholding fantasy, something not here yet that I sent my heart to instead of making a home here. I did not see this for what it was until a vision showed me. and I called back my straying attention. Hidden within all of this focused longing out there was the sudden shock of feeling its every pulse now. The awareness of this fulfillment and all of its loudness is here to awaken you, here to make images crystallize and hyper-focus, here to let you receive the sounds of night like the bath it always has been. There has always been this humming, stirring, almost unbearable presence. No wonder it was so easy to split off from and to somehow seek elsewhere, when the real task was always just to hold it. 
If you've been enjoying this podcast for a little bit, I would love to read your review. If you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes and take a screenshot before you click submit and email it to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com, I'll send you a free reviewer gift, which is a resource library about creating and elevating your reality. Go ahead and check out the Deep Shift podcast as well. Um, As we said, awakening is contagious. So listening to stories of awakening does create the pathways. And wherever you're at, whether you feel like you've had an awakening experience or not, awakening experiences are many. They happen throughout life. And hearing the stories of others definitely does light the way. All right. Have a beautiful week. Thank you for tuning in. 